0: Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those that sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And my guest today is renowned author, school professor, um, global selling authority, John Ferguson. Did I did I throw that up pretty well for you?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a little confused about the therapy session, though. That's probably I probably would be a little over my skis if we got into that.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, I think you, you are also a doctor, but you're not Dr. Fauci, but I do want to get into Dr. Fauci today and talk about <laughs> the pandemic. So, um, But before we get too much into the content uh, about should we be selling during a pandemic and, and other sorted uh, information for those that sell for a living, let's start with the most important part of Ales with Aslan, the ale. So what do you have in front of you that's mm-hmm. cold and frosty?
1: Well, uh, so I'm uh, calling in, dialing in from Chicago, Illinois, and south of here in Munster, Indiana, probably about an hour's drive, if that, is Three Floyds Brewing Company. Oh, Pretty okay. nationally known, uh, ironically, and they have a what's called a Three Floyds barrel-aged ice grill. Um, it comes in a bottle, not a can. Um, when I saw the lockdown coming, so to speak, I, would, I made sure to. Get a few extra bottles. So I'm having one this afternoon.
0: <laughs> that's excellent. And wow, you must have been a Boy Scout because you are prepared for
1: anything. And that's excellent. Yeah. Well, I knew that I wasn't going to be driving and certainly not driving for an hour and didn't want to get there just to find out they were closed or didn't have it. So I did prepare.
0: Excellent. Well, you take a sip of that while I pull out my. Let's see. I may have had this on the show before. I cannot recall. This is a. Um, This is somewhat a local New England brew. It's by the family that inspired The Sound of Music. It is the Von Trapp Brewing Company in Stowe, Vermont. It's their Vienna Austrian-style lager. John, this has a little Austria and a lot of Vermont in it. So I'm going to crack that. Let's see what we got here. Oh, I like the sound of that. It's getting toward the end of another beautiful Quarantine day here in North America. Let's see, what do I have alcohol by volume? I think this is, uh, uh, it doesn't want to tell me. I I don't know how, how, how much this is, but I'm hoping I'll survive the podcast on my seat and not laying down. I don't think it's that strong, so. Well, that's good. We'll give that a sip here and, um, let's get talking. Let, tell me a little bit about what sort of led you to write the, um, write the article you wrote, uh, that you posted on LinkedIn this week. And by the way, I'll link that uh, in the, uh, in the information. So people can find it easily. Yeah, well,
1: yeah, sure. I mean, the article that I recently wrote was titled Dr. Fauci and uh, driving receptivity. And I simply put, you know, uh, receptivity is, you know, good communication is good about communicating and, and selling and learn from someone. I think it's doing, it's what doing, it's doing it well yeah. rather from watching all the TV we've been watching. Right. I mean, um, this has been going on, uh, in some way full tilt since early March. I think the last trip I took to be in front of a client was March nine. Yeah. And literally four, four days later, everything basically shut down. And, um, it got me thinking about selling ideas and selling in general and selling a message or a movement or being convincing uh of which the whole task force has to be as you, as you look at this from a national perspective but clearly um Dr Fauci is and there's some key reasons I thought this was happening and how he was doing it so I thought that I would thought I would share that with an audience and I did that in print and I'm now I'm doing that uh, with you on the podcast.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think it's tremendous. I mean, I, I read the article and, and I shared it on my feed as well. I think it's, it's well written and it's certainly timely and very germane to those out there that are, you know, you know, trying to internalize not only what's happening at a global pandemic from a, a pandemic nature, but also like, how does it impact me and my ability to do my job? Right. And so mm-hmm. let's unpack a little bit of the article and then let's talk a little bit about what people can take away and how they you know, how it impacts how they sell or how they they help those that sell. In other words, how do the coaches communicate differently mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, throughout that. So but let's start unpacking the article. You you get into a lot of tried and true uh, concepts um, that we talk about at Aslan. I know that you talk about priority and pressure, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to understand that take a step back, uh, look, in doing what I do and working in doing these workshops and with Aslan and probably have been in front of now thousands of salespeople and sales leaders, uh, I began each, each workshop, whether that's in person or virtually now, of course, and probably a lot of virtual in the near and mid-future, um, with what I call the R word. And the R word is all about driving receptivity. Yeah. Um, and I open the workshops by saying that most people who do what I do or we do for a living start with taste the first step, whether that's engaged or whether that's open or whatever their focus happens to be, they like to start there. And I like to start with first driving receptivity. And the reason is, is that I believe and, and work with sales teams on this, that not much really matters if you're selling to a closed audience. In right. other words, if your audience isn't open and receptive to what you have to say, the chances of you working with them uh, are, are not very good. Yeah. If they're open to what you have to say, the chances of it working with them go way up. So let's focus on receptivity and how do we do that? And that's the parallel that I started to see kind of being a student of what I watched with Dr. Fauci thinking, hey, we, he needs us the general public of course to be receptive he has other constituents he needs to be receptive how is he driving receptivity and yeah I equated that to the to the ways that we do it uh, in selling and in and in life quite frankly and that that evolves around priority and pressure yeah yeah
0: two key components of you know as we teach in in the process of the Aslan workshops and kind of if you ever look at our website it's all over the place but the idea that you know we 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 have to feel like we're the priority and so as dr fauci's reaching out if we don't believe he has our best interest in mind that we are <laughs> that we're not the priority of of the research and of the communication that he's delivering uh we may be very close to that uh, by the same mm-hmm. standpoint if we felt pressure uh, to do something pressure to for instance sequester ourselves or quarantine ourselves and didn't feel like it was in our best interest we may re react differently than, than how we have. So I love that equation. I think it's tremendous, uh, very timely and, and thoughtful the way you put this th- together. Um, so so you, you go into a lot more, you, you dig into sort of the National Institute of Health and, and, and give some statistics, but this clearly is something that you're passionate about and what's been on your mind as the work world and your personal life seem to blur ever so closely these days.
1: Yeah, I go on to say I mean if you if you, if you do get a chance to read if the audience does get a chance to read the article, you know, you look at the two things does does your audience feel like they're a priority and do they feel like they're under pressure? It's not just, you know, one directional conversation. In other words, of course the general public we have to believe he has our best interest in mind, but remember he works on a task force team. No doubt for him to sell his idea, his team has to feel like they're the priority. Exactly. And he has a boss, and in this case I'll say the boss uh, uh, for this example, of course, would be President of the United States. I mean, that is who he's working for, and that's who is asking him to to take this major role. But his boss has a priority, and he ha- and Dr. Fauci has to understand that as well to sell his ideas uh, and direction um, and the way that he wants the country to act and uh, react. Um, the other one is pressure. Does the does the audience feel like they're under pressure? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it, in if if someone feels pressure, they are much less likely to uh to to listen to in in invoke whatever it is you're trying to sell them. And so, yeah, whether the president's priority is re-election, is safety of the country, uh it's probably all those things. Um, you know, the audience or, or the, the other boss, us, as we listen to Dr. Fauci, uh, we, we've got, we've got this feeling of, of, of pressure. We're not going to listen. Is that, is that where you
1: were going? Yeah. And actually I wasn't, yeah, exactly. And the way you do that is you give space, Mm -hmm. right. And that's Mm -hmm. what we all need and the space to make a decision. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I use this example and I, I honestly think there's no better example. Well, there's probably other examples, but this is a great example of giving that space, uh, we, I, those who do what I do for a living, we travel a lot. We're on planes and we're moving around and we're getting in front of our customers. And and so are our clients, quite frankly. And very early on, I think I and my customers and you and all of us were really looking to the recommendations. And in this case, Dr. Fauci, should we travel? Should we not? When do we say no? Can we continue to do this? And it was clear to me that his position was, I would rather you not. Hmm. And he has two choices. Yeah. One is to say, I don't, I hope you don't, don't do it. And that's going to get a whole lot of people to react. Well, yes, I will Versus right. giving a little space to say, well, let's look at it this way. I wouldn't, if it wasn't critical, but if I did, here's what I'd like you to consider. Here's what I'd like you to do. And here's who I think should or should now we're way more open and, and receptive. Quite frankly, there's the word again to listen to this. Yeah. And, and so that's where I really thought, geez, there's a lot of parallels to what we're doing uh, in sales, the way that we need to get our contacts and opportunities to listen to us. And, and so that kind of wrapped together this whole idea of priority and pressure, you know, we're transparent, who's the priority, it has to be about your audience. And does your audience feel like they're under pressure? Yeah. Uh, because if they feel like their freedom to choose is taken away, even if it's good for them, if they don't feel like, that is the audience doesn't have the right to choose, we shut down, our customers will shut down and we won't listen and we'll do our own thing. And that's the opposite of what we want to have happen.
0: Well, and it's funny. I mean, that same week you were traveling, March 9th-ish, you know, I, I also was on the road that week at a conference and the conference... Yeah, was, I saw that. Yeah, I mean, if if the conference was supposed to have, I don't know, three, 400 people, maybe it had a quarter of that because people had started to react, Right. But the people that were there were, you know, people like myself that believed, like, you know, I wasn't ready yet to admit that this this thing was was taking over our lives and was going to shut us down. I don't think we had enough data yet. Uh, I'm not sure what Dr. Fauci was saying around the ninth, but you know, we we could you couldn't tell us not to travel at that point. But what what opened me mm-hmm. up to the idea that we shouldn't be traveling was when actually. Some of my kids started saying, yeah, but if you go to something like that and bring it back into our community, how's that going to make you feel? Well, that hit me at a different Mm -hmm. level than someone telling me what to do. And so my, you know, my receptivity was opened by, you know, turning my quote unquote selfishness around to say, Mm -hmm. it's not just about you, is it, dad? It's about, (laughs) it's about, you know, what you might bring back into our community, and that wouldn't be that, that healthy. And so I, I take your point very seriously that, you know, you've got to make sure that people have that right to choose. It's, it's when they, it's when they will be most open and most receptive.
1: Well, and I think you bring up something that's important too, that's relevant and kind of in the same vein of our conversation about what's going on. I think, I think it's the difference between the now and what I think is going to happen and I want to have happen. And I'll start first with us in sales. There's a lot of times we want the now. I'm here now. You're across the table from me now. You're on the phone with me now. You're engaged with me now. I want the deal now. And then there's the other side, which is, hey, wait a minute. I really want you to make the best decision. I'm willing to slow it down, drive receptivity first, so you make the right decision. I don't know. I've never spoken to them, but I'll bet you, Dr. Fauci, early on wished we didn't travel, but he knew almost exactly what you said. There's a huge group of people who aren't willing to accept that yet. Let me lay the groundwork for when I need to say it in a stronger way by saying, here's what I ask you to do if you feel the need to travel now. To me, it was very well timed and the way he built into it was kind of our and I'm putting you and I and all of us who were traveling that week in the same camp of saying, okay, you may not hear it the first time. But when I say it the second time, you will remember what I said the first time, and that will be the desired effect and I think we can correlate that to selling, right? If we're there for the here and now, sometimes it's going to end that fast, and nothing good will happen
0: yeah, yeah, I mean I, and, and again, different different parts of the message will resonate with different people the same way different parts of your message will diff you know will resonate with different types of customers right and And I think of what resonated with me was my my children saying. You don't want to bring that back into our community. Okay. Mm -hmm. Other people react more to the data. Like, tell me where this is headed. Like, show me some forecast models. And when they see that curve that impacted China and Italy so dramatically, they start going, okay, extrapolate that curve here in the U.S. And, oh, my goodness, that's what I needed to see to stop it. And then other people just need to be, like, (laughs) police rule. Like, you are not allowed to leave your house. Like, some other people will would would never react until they were absolutely like locked in their houses. So it takes all types of messages to your point to reach all your different types of customers, in this case customers. And and it's up to us as salespeople to sort of tailor that appropriately to the right, to the right message for the right audience, if that makes sense, right?
1: Yeah, it does. And one last comparison is that that makes sense here is that, you know, obviously, Dr. Fauci or somewhat obvious, he can't lay down the law, he has to be convincing. Only his boss can lay down the law. So it's even more important that not just us in the general public, but his colleagues and his boss are receptive to what he's trying to say, because they're, in fact, the ones who can take that last step of saying, you know, you cannot, and we will not for this period of time. Yeah. So I yeah. just thought it was a good comparison, and, 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 and when you think about driving receptivity and you think about it from the context of, of selling, uh, you, you know, you can, you can back up and say this, yes, we want to deliver a message to whom our customer, we want to gain acceptance of an idea to whom our customer, we want to create a movement within our customers and partners, and certainly we want to sell something. I say start with first, are they open versus closed? That's to say, are they receptive? Yep. And ask yourself, if I made them the priority? In this case, I'm talking very strongly about our customer. And do they feel like they're under pressure? If they're not the priority or they feel they're under pressure, they will be closed. They will shut down. That's very limiting in selling. Will you get lucky? Sure. I'd rather add a little good to that luck uh, for success.
0: No, that's a great point. It's a great point. And, and that leads to a question I think you and I are both hearing a lot these days and and I know you know Tom our CEO has has been thinking about this and I think he's got a blog coming out on this Your your blog sort of touches on it but you know people have asked me on LinkedIn and, and in personal conversations should should we be selling now like is it the right time to be selling and how do we know if it's if it you know feels right to sell during a pandemic during a crisis you know what are some of your thoughts on on selling during this sort of environment in these turbulent times
1: yeah this is a this is a great topic of conversation and one that i've seen interestingly a lot of comments on linkedin about from absolutely not let give your customers the space to kind of uh, get past the deer in the headlights uh, all the way to the other side of the spectrum that says are you kidding me we're in sales and if there's a need and a want out there. We should deliver that, and that's what we're supposed to do. Use the technology to make it happen. The uh, the obvious reality is it's, it is somewhere in between there. But I think one way you can look at this is just look back at what your motive was to begin to begin with. Um, you know, one of the things I talk about in my workshop is this idea of left side versus right side. And I'm not talking about the brain really in terms of left and right. What I'm talking about is the customer side and our side. We, since we've been very young, have been taught to answer questions. So when a customer says, what do you do? We're very good at saying our stuff. Here's what we do. Here's how we do it. Yeah. And we very rarely lead with what's important to them. And I think it's more and more important now to understand what's on our customer's whiteboard and then marry up what we do to what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. And I, st- I think that's what helps answer the question, what do I do now? Well, what you do now is you start asking that same question, but now it's even more important, which is what are you trying to achieve now? What's going on with you in the next two weeks, four weeks, next quarter? There, no doubt, will be things in there you can help them with. And by the way, it may be in some industries what they say, that answer is exactly what you do, and it comes with a price tag, and you can make the sale. I mean, if you were selling masks right now, it's pretty clear what they need, and you'd have to be out there selling and helping to deliver, no question about it. You know, I'm selling. I sell sales training. A lot of customers are like John. I I I don't ask them, but I'm sure I don't want to talk about sales training now because I'm trying to make sure I have a staff come 60 days from now. Okay, what are you trying to achieve in these next 60 days? Is there something within the next 60 day, 60 days in your objectives I can help with? Is it just give you an hour of my time because later on I'll be working with the team? Is it that I can share something with you that might help? Yeah. Is it that Maybe for some customers, that dialogue opens up a conversation where they say, you know what, I've got four or five inside sales teams that, that 30% of the day, they've got time for this. Maybe you can spend time with them on the phone. Now, John, what would that look like? What would that cost? You must always start what's important to the customer first, and that's always going to be what they're trying to achieve. And in this case, it may be narrowed to the next four weeks or six weeks or eight weeks or quarter. Then you can marry what you do to what they're trying to achieve. That will never change. It's more important now than it's ever to been, ever been. And I think that really helps you answer what should I be doing now?
0: Well, and I think it's, it's interesting because I love you. I love your question. Like what motivated you before? And, you know, it, it, it should be, if if you're doing this right, a very other centered approach, you, what motivated mm-hmm. you before should be what's on your customer's whiteboard. Well, most likely in, 90 you know percent of the industries what's on their whiteboard today is different than what it was even 3 weeks ago and so right. a whole new level of discovery that you can go through if if they've got time and, and interest because you do have their best interest in mind that leads to such a myriad of of opportunity to you know become that trusted advisor that you seek to be with your with your clients because you you literally are not trying to sell them you're just trying to help them navigate these tumultuous waters that they're in right now. Right. And that's, it's such yep. a great approach. So, so I, what I heard you say is, you know, re reinvestigate what's on their current whiteboard, which could be very different. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I would add the word, like, just, you know, check your motive. What, what you know, motive is transparent. Right. And so mm-hmm. what is your motive? Well, your motive is to help them solve the problem. And if that's the case, then what I'm hearing you say is get them into a dialogue of what's important to them for the, very close future, the, the four to six weeks that we're that we're stuck in right now. And maybe it's not your exact product that you sell, but maybe it's research that you can help them with. Maybe it's sending mm-hmm. them an article over the next four weeks that helps them navigate something because you're an expert in selling into that field and you know something they may not know, right? It's, it, mm-hmm. it's morphing your relationship to be supportive and helpful versus the commission breath sales rep that, that our, you know, our profession has the reputation to be in some cases.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I even asked the customer uh, just the other day, uh, their perspective on this question. And they said something that I thought was very interesting. They said, you know, you should never be afraid to ask your customer, you know, where are you in this environment? Yeah. Now a good time. And the customer said, because there are things that we should be doing and can do, and I would spend money on. And it's, you know, might even be dangerous to assume that I've got a little deer in the headlights. On the other hand, I would ask that you're considerate, because there are going to be things that are no longer important that I, to your point, I thought was important three weeks ago, or I need to delay it, or I need to reconsider that. Um, and I thought that was helpful. And I've, I've actually started doing that with customers saying, I don't want to assume that the locks and the padlocks are up, but I also want to be respectful. You know, where are you in the process? You know, is this, would this work for you now, or is this something we should address later? And I think that that's also a good approach to get your customer engaged in the, in the dialogue is quite frankly, is this, is this a good time or not?
0: Well, and you know, a great living example is what you're doing, you know, with Aslan in terms of you know, talking to clients, you, rather than make the assumption that everybody, like I love the, the the word picture you used, the padlocks are up and we're basically all sitting at home and we can't even run our business. You know, mm-hmm. don't make the assumption and ask those questions you're talking about. But, do you know, in, just to personalize that for us, we've been doing that with our clients that, that have placed orders and we're planning on doing actual workshops, right? And those workshops are not mm-hmm. possible if they had planned to be face to face. So how can Aslan sort of help them through that? And we have spent, you and I have talked about this a lot with with our peers and everything. How do we help them through that if they, A, maybe have some downtime during this period, but cannot get together? Is there something we can do to help them? Well, John Ferguson has many, many years of experience. So maybe there's something that you can help them with. Maybe you can do virtual workshops. Maybe digital learning is something that can be helpful. Being flexible as a partner to these clients, asking them what hurts. And then serving up something that might be of assistance, maybe or mm-hmm. may, you know, may or may not help them right now, but they will remember, I love this line, they'll remember how you made them feel during this process, maybe not what you said to them. And, and, yeah. and that, will bear, that will bear fruits in the relationship over time. And so I think you know, people panic and freeze and say, I don't want to call my clients, they might cancel an order. Well, I would challenge you to think of it the opposite way. You know, call them. And and be a rock for them in this time period and support them by asking them exactly what John said, you know, where are you in this process? And, you know, is there any way we can be of help? And I'm not asking for one single penny right now. I'm just asking, how can we be helpful? Right. And the Mm -hmm. pennies will come Mm -hmm. later. I assure you they will.
1: Yeah. And the reality is if they're, if they're open and they want to spend the pennies, as we go with that example, they will tell you. Um, and, um, and I've had that example as well. I mean, I had a workshop schedule that was supposed to be in person, uh, middle of April. So a couple of weeks from now, and, uh, you know, everything hit the fan as it goes. And I said, where are we in the process? And they said, we're a hundred percent on, we're just going to do it virtual. Yep. Okay. We can do that. We can adjust that. Um, so there is a perfect example. They're still on. The exchange of, of of dialogue and money was the same. How we deliver it is the only difference.
0: Yeah, and what's interesting, and I and I I um I don't have the research in front of me, but I was watching one of the influencers, Gary V, or someone like that, um, on LinkedIn recently, and they said, go back and look at the great companies that were born out of the recession in the late you know two thousand eight nine region, and mm-hmm. and you know innovation comes out of these these types of you know, challenges that we go through and it's happening inside of our clients and it can happen inside of our own companies where we're, you know, those who we sell for. Um, And the ideas can come from sales reps. And so the other thought I'm kind of having as we're just talking live about this is as a sales rep or a sales leader listening to this podcast, be thinking about how you can morph your business to support your clients in a time of need like this and, and, and jot those ideas down and get them to the right people. Because I know at Aslan, we are, we are tailoring brand new products that, you know, mm-hmm. we've had on whiteboards for for a long time. I mean, John, you and I have talked about, you know, digital learning and in an e-commerce platform and being able to, to give this to more and more people. Well, that's been on a whiteboard for a long time. Now, next week, that's gonna be out. Like, that's gotta be something that people can get their mitts on, you know, while they're sitting at home and and maybe with more downtime because there's no commute anymore, you know. The genius that can come out of having time to think in these environments is happening in our clients, and it should be going on with our sales reps that are listening to this. Be thoughtful and be, be thinking about how you can, you know, maybe help your company morph during a time of, of challenge like this.
1: Yeah, and stay true to the, to the way you've always been doing things in the same discipline and, and asking your customers the good questions. And quite frankly, being the humane salesperson you've always been, it's probably more critical now than ever. But we will cycle out of this, so will our customers and and we will cycle out of this with two things, our existing products and services, to be clear and sure, and with new products and services, because we were we had to learn how to do it or morph into something during this. And that's good news. And one yeah. way you can look at it factually, you've just doubled the amount of things you can do with them if you found something else to do. Yeah. So uh so yeah, it's now more important than ever to kind of stay the course, but to but to ask them, where are you in this process? And I don't mean in the decision process. I mean, in the process of dealing with what's going on. (laughs) And there's a big difference.
0: (laughs) Well, and and it's it's important that we take this so seriously because, you know, what, a week or two ago, they were saying, you know, I think the president was saying, we we probably will be back in our churches for Easter. Well, (laughs) yesterday, I think he mentioned, you know, maybe it's more like April 30th. And I just heard Virginia shut down through the early part of June. And so, you know, buckle up, people, this thing is this thing is here for a while. And you got to, you know, you you can't sit back, I think it's you owe it to your customers to be curious and, and help them understand, I mean, at the very least, be researching things that are going to be helpful to them. And you can you can send those in an email and just say, Hey, I thought of you. And I thought of this as a way that might assist you. I mean, just be in contact with them. And to john's point, ask them where they are in the process and help them navigate this they'll remember how you made them feel during this process i promise you so well john this has been awesome what a great topic uh great article i'll I'll make sure people are aware of how to find that on linkedin um you know always love chatting with you always love having you on the program and uh uh thanks for thanks for joining any any last minute uh, advice before we close the show
1: Uh, the the same things we talked about, you know, make your customer, particularly at this time, make your, in in these times rather, make your customers the priority, relieve that pressure. Uh, that was important before we got in to, got to where we are and it's more important now. And it's exactly what will get us out of what we're doing. So, uh, and by the way, we are at Aslan happy to help you any way we can. And that is a phone call or, or connect with us on LinkedIn. You might learn something or review something that's helpful to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Check, check out the website and, you know, um, John's got his, uh, you know, he's up on LinkedIn and, and, uh, certainly a, a great resource of so years and years of experience. And, uh, and we'd all love to be of any help that, uh, that is appropriate. Uh, make sure you uh, like the podcast, share them with your friends, um, share them on social media, drop comments down of future topics you'd like us to discuss, um, and subscribe and, and just help us get this viral. We, we do this for one reason and one reason only. We just want salespeople to be satisfied with their career, be happy in the career that they've chosen. We try to uh, commiserate with you when you've had a bad week. We try to celebrate when you've had a good week and give you good, wholesome uh, information on a week-to-week basis. And, and uh, we hope that this is uh, enjoyable and interesting to you. So keep listening. We'll talk to you next week on another episode of Ales with Aslan.